Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Oh, sing it, hallelujah. of who you are. We thank you for your presence in our midst. You watch over that word to perform it, that you inhabit the praises of Israel, the worship of your people. As we go into your word, we ask that same presence go with us. Come and open the word to us. And then open our eyes open our hearts that we may behold wondrous things out of thy Lord. Oh, anoint me afresh. Let me speak as I should, indeed as an oracle of God. Then put the same unction and anointing upon the ears and the hearts of all who will hear me, those who are physically present here, as well as those who will be hearing me remotely, electronically. So your word will flow freely from you through me to the people to do an internal and eternal work in all of our hearts including my own in particular to cause our wills to become more humble our minds to be more enlightened with revelation knowledge emotions to be more tempered and controlled by the power of the fruit of the holy spirit i further praise as i speak the power of the holy spirit be released in great as well in a sufficient measure to back and follow these words wherever they are heard and released in all the earth. Yes, power that will heal, power that will deliver, power that will break yokes, power that will free men so that they will become doers of what they hear and are hearers only. I further pray for mercy to be faithful that I will deliver the word with precision, redeem the time and say only what you want me to say. Bring out the treasure of this word, things new and old. Indeed, as a scribe instructed under the kingdom. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement with me, receiving every blessing I mention in that prayer, in their individual lives, all individually agreed and said, Today I have another prophetic instructional message for us. And really, it's like a follow-up on the messages that we've been bringing in the last few weeks. And I've entitled to this one, 
watching and praying always. I'd like you to turn with me in your Bible. We've been talking about the outpouring, the, the, the times and the seasons of uh, the perfection of the church. And then the outpouring of the Spirit without measure. We already have the Holy Spirit. We had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and we've had it since. You know, but it's only an outpouring of the earnest. That's the Greek, the English word is deposit, the earnest of the Spirit. But now we are going to be we're, uh, expecting the outpouring of the Spirit without measure, which will be the same one that came on Jesus at the um, uh, Jordan River when he was baptized by John the Baptist. I have said this many times, but it is worthy of repetition. Jesus already had the Holy Spirit. Just like you and I, we already have the Holy Spirit. Jesus already had the Holy Spirit. He had the Holy Spirit from when he was a baby. You know, and all his growing up years, he had the Holy Spirit. But he did not have the Spirit without measure until that opening of the heavens and the Spirit coming upon him. Then he goes into the wilderness. Then he's tested to see if he will misuse that power. Made to fast for 40 days. He took water, but didn't take any food. And when he was now hungry at the end of the 40 days, the test came, turned the stones to bread. He refused to abuse the power. He said, man will not live by bread alone. Another test came, go and jump from the top of the temple just to show off. He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Another test came, you know, worship me, uh, and I will give you all the, all the uh, riches of the world. And might I add, you know, I've never said this before, but I'm going to say it now. You know, with that power Jesus had, he could have become the richest man on the earth in the first year of his ministry. He had the power. He had the spirit of measure. He had the ability of the mind of Christ. But, you know, he didn't abuse it. He used the power only for what God wanted him to use it for. That's a very great truth. And in my own personal life, you know, as I'm praying and seeking God, that thought keeps coming to me. He said, when this thing comes, are you going to abuse it? Of course, I've told the Lord I will not by His grace and mercy. Then He made me understand that that is the basis of John 15, 7. He says, if my words abide in you, if you abide in me, which all of us have because we're born again. But if my word, the life in my word, the character, my character through my word, if it abides in you, this is an Ulubi Johnson paraphrase, but it brings out the spirit behind that scripture. If it abides in you in sufficient measure, it, you will come to the place where you will ask what you will and it will be done unto you, which was where Jesus operated. And Jesus will, it was done instantly. Almost instantly. Why? Because Jesus, even though he had the power, he never abused it. He didn't use it to gratify the flesh. He didn't use it to gratify the pride of life. He didn't use it to gratify the lust of the eyes. And um, the big test for us as present-day Christians is to have power and not abuse it. It's a very sad commentary that 
majority of the Pentecostal church, like I said, during the Bible study, the Pentecostals and the Charismatics, the Crazymatics, <laughs> you know, as what Kenneth Hagin uh, called them, you know, have abused it. And we don't have the Spirit without measure. All we had was this uh, gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to a limited degree. You know, and whenever God has blessed our ministries, you know, either through the healing of the sick or raising of the dead, most of the time it's been abused, you know, for, you know, people to expend the blessings that come on the loss of the flesh or the loss of the eyes or the pride of life. God is now making sure that's why we're being tested and we're being prepared as I speak, hence this prophetic message, that that will not happen with the Spirit without measure. Nobody will be given the Spirit without measure, either inherited where you have the full thing or the borrowed one where you take some of it and you put it on somebody. Even the borrowed one is going to be very stringent because you have to follow after for at least one year, four months which is typified in the book of First uh, Samuel chapter 27, which is, and Ziglag pertains this day unto the kings of Israel, you know, and David abode in the land of the Philistines in Ziglag for one year, four months. It's, it's a prophetic thing. The first six months is to remove all the, uh, the six months of bitter odors. You know, then you start getting light the next six months as one year, then you now use it for four months where you get balance. It's until that before you can even get borrowed anointing in this new regime that's coming. And if there is any indication that that borrowed anointing is abused, instantly God will remove it and bring judgment. It's tight. It's going to be tight. Because God is not going to, you know, He's not going to have an abuse of the spirit without measure. Imagine the kind of havoc it would cause. And so he tells us the condition for this. He says, watch ye therefore, Luke 21, 36. Am I talking to anybody here? Watch you therefore and pray sometimes and pray often and pray regularly. And pray always. And pray always. And pray always. And pray always. That you'll be accounted worthy to escape all these things. He's talking about the things of the great tribulation. That shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's you, 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 you make what I call the first flight. You get the rapture. So that he might present it to himself a glorious church. So he's going to stand before those people who are raptured. You see it in First Thessalonians chapter 4. It says, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive, you know, shall be caught up together. With the, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God will stand before the Lord. So the, this is actually talking about the condition for the pre-tribulation rapture. That is why it has in it that we will escape all these things. Um, it's very important. To understand that as we speak, there is a continuous assessment that is being made of our lives. Daily, weekly, monthly, 
quarterly, yearly. God is assessing us. And the records are being meticulously kept in heaven. Meticulously kept in heaven. And it's only those who are accounted worthy that will make this first um, flight pre-tribulation order resurrection. For the benefit of completeness, I will mention this briefly. There's, there will be a mid-tribulation rapture revealed in Revelation chapter 11, which is made of the two witnesses and the, and the 144,000. And the Bible says a cloud. So it means maybe there will be more people, but we don't know that. We don't want to bet on it. Then there is a post-tribulation rapture, which you see in Luke 24, which is and after this great tribulation that God will send his angels and they will gather the elect from the four winds, uh, uh, corners of the earth. It's a symbolic thing, you know, and, and they'll be, you know. So there are going to be people who will be raptured mid-tribulation, um, pre-trip. There are going to be those who will be raptured mid-trip. There are going to be those who are going to be raptured post-trip. Also, for completeness, if, like many saints have, uh, people die before this time, the tribulation, your grave will open in your order. Your grave will not open when it's not your order. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall lie, but it won't be all the dead. We know that. How do we know that? We know from when Jesus, the, 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 what we call the first fruits, Christ the first fruits. When Jesus was raised from the dead in 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, the Bible records in Matthew chapter 27, he said, and the graves, some, not all. The graves were open and some of the saints arose. So their grave opened and then they went up with Jesus. You know, they, 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 when he led captivity captive. So some, some Old Testament saints already have glorified bodies. They got, they, they, there was a resurrection when Jesus was raised from the dead. But it was not the resurrection. It was a resurrection. There is no the actually. Because it's, all, it's, it's a, it's a it's a sequence of events. And this is a truth that so many Christians are ignorant of. Many of us are living in a fool's paradise. We've been told that once you are born again, that's all. You know, then you know you find people quoting those scriptures in every funeral. Now, everybody's going to heaven. Don't misunderstand me. That's a short. If you're born again, you're a child of God, you know. Even if you're not very spiritual, you still go to heaven. You're not go heaven is not based on performance. It's based on faith. So even the thief on the cross went to heaven. If it was based on performance, that guy has no chance. But we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. But we are saved unto good works. Performance, that is the degree of purity and holiness in your life, will now determine your order of resurrection. So performance is important. He's going to give unto every man according to his works. But it's not performance that gets you to heaven. What gets you to heaven is believing in Jesus. That's the foundation. But he said, take heed how you build on that foundation. If you build with wood, hay, and stubble, you won't even get, you'll get a resurrection. It'll be a good one, but it won't be a better one. And if you build with precious, with gold or silver and precious stones, you'll get a resurrection. But, you know, there's even a difference between gold and silver. It's good. Both of them are very good, but one is better than the other. 
precious stones and jewels. He's using symbolic language to let us know that there are different orders of the resurrection. And you'll be living in a fool's paradise to think, oh, I'm born again, I got it made. Well, as far as heaven is concerned, yes. But, you know, as far as resurrection is concerned, it's not going to be the same. So the scripture is very clear. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 41, it says, one star will differ from another star from glory. Hence, this prophetic instructional message. Watch and pray always. Why? That you may be accounted worthy to escape all of these things and to stand before the Son of Man. I want to make another point here, you know, uh, um, and it is this. See, when you read Matthew 24 and all the scriptures about the end time, you can, if you don't rightly divide the word of God and you do not have sufficient light and revelation in your mind, you mix things up. See, there are many Christians who today think that the church is going to be here for the tribulation simply because of what they read in Matthew 24. Where it says, you know, um, brother shall betray brother, the love of many shall wax cold, you know, the tribulation of those days. And so some people believe in, a, in only a mid-tribulation rapture. Some people believe in a post-tribulation rapture. But, and it's because they're confusing things. And let me just, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me, you know, bring clarity on this matter. It's very simple. There are two separate events. There is the great, there is the, I won't use the word great, because the Bible doesn't use that word. I'll just use the word the Bible says. There's going to be a universal persecution. Then there's going to be a great tribulation. They're not the same. The universal tribulation, uh, persecution is going to be a consequence of the manifestation of the sons of God. When the sons of God are manifest, the Bible says that you'll be hated of all nations. That's why it's universal. For my name's sake. And many will betray one another. You know, false prophets will arise. That we are all going to be here for the universal persecution. And we overcome that universal persecution by the power and the glory of God. Uh, like Daniel, Shidrach and, Abednego, Shidrach and Abednego overcame the furnace of fire. You know, so that we're all going to experience that. But it is after the universal persecution has been overcome and then this glorious church makes disciples typified by the disciples of the 12 apostles and the 70 in every tribe tongue and kindred so they won't just be ordinary christians they won't just be believers they'll be believers who have imbibed the disciplines of the christ life getting up early in the morning watching and praying always hence this message you know it is those kind of people who will uh, partake of the spirit without measure and preach the gospel of the kingdom to every tribe, tongue, and kindred. Then the rapture will happen, which will be the pre-tribulation rapture. The first order, well, in that group, it's actually five orders, but, you know, it's actually the second one. But the, 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 that, that pre-tribulation rapture will take place, and then the tribulation will take place, which will last for seven years, Middle of the tribulation, there'll be another rapture of the two witnesses and the 144,000, you know. And then at the end of the tribulation, there'll be another rapture, you know, 
That's why the Bible says every man in his own order. Now, the point you want to take away from this is this, which is the reason for this message and the ones that have come previously before it. The Bible says, he that had this opening purifies himself. You want to find out these things. What does it mean to watch and pray? Number two, how do you do it always? According to the standard in the scripture, not your own standard. Because that is the condition for this pre-tribulation rapture and also partaking of the spirit without measure, either borrowed or inherited. It is people who watch and pray always that will be accounted worthy to stand in that sense. You know, the Bible says so in Malachi chapter 3, it said the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. He's talking about the coming of the Lord in the church, in the, spirit, in the perfection of fullness of Christ that brings the Spirit without measure. We already have, we're already the temple of the Holy Spirit. We already have the Holy Spirit. So he's not talking about, you know, getting born again and getting the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the coming, a sudden coming of the Spirit without measure. Then he asks a rhetorical question, a deep rhetorical prophetic question. Who will stand when he appears? Same thing he's talking about here. He said that you will stand before the Son of Man. What's the condition? Not perfection, but watching and praying always. So it behooves us to find out what does it mean to watch? What does it mean to pray? What does it mean to do it always? And how do you do it? So listen. Watching is praying with your thoughts. This revelation is very clear from the scripture. The Bible talks about the eyes of our understanding. So when he's talking about watching, he's not talking about watching with these two eyes and watching the news and watching, you know, and what the, <laughs> what the, what, what the uh, Putin is doing in Russia and all of that. You know, that's not, you know, a lot of Christians think that that's what it is, but that's not what it is. He's talking about watching praying with your mind that's why the bible says in colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 it says continue in prayer watch in the same it means as i'm praying in tongues i'm supposed to be praying with my mind simultaneously my mind is not supposed to be wandering all over the whole place and what i'm supposed to be doing with my mind is interacting with god asking him for mercy he says in ephesians chapter 6 in verse 18 now let's turn there I quoted the other scriptures, but Ephesians is very important and comprehensive. And it actually starts on verse 12, but I won't start there. It says, put on the whole armor of God. Let me just summarize that. I've taught us here. You know, it just means put on all the fruit of the Spirit daily. God is love. So to put on the armor of God is to put on the armor of love. So every day, Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you 
to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.